everybody welcome to divorce dads university uh, power enlighten uplift we're happy that you join us for episode three today's topic is daddy daycare um, <laughs> and i think i think our good friend morgan might want to talk about that title what we're going to talk about today is kind of child care ideas activities things to do with your kids as you are now in this world of being a, a, a single parent um, to your children. So we're going to just share some ideas and talk to you all today um, about that issue. But first, um, I want to talk with you, Morgan, a little bit uh, about this, the title of today's episode, Daddy Daycare. Okay, so I take issue with Daddy Daycare because Daddy Daycare insinuates that you're not a parent and you're not parenting. And so I always used to joke when I was married that I had to babysit the kids. And I was joking, but a lot of, oftentimes dads don't feel like they have to, you know, parent. They don't have to be daycare for the kids. Um, and so, I don't know, I take issue with it because I really enjoy parenting, even though it can be frustrating as hell sometimes and a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. But I think it's super important for dads to be good parents. And so I think it's funny that it's daddy daycare, but it's also <laughs> kind of infuriating, but we're going to go with it. Um, and I don't know about you, but for me, you know, making the transition from two parents tag teaming the kids on weekends or a day off from school or even in the evenings, you know, it was a big transition because you go from being, you know, hey, I can go take a 15 minute break. <laughs> you know, I may have gone and hid in the bathroom and said, I'm going to use the bathroom and just played on my phone until <laughs> my legs went numb. Not like anybody else out there has ever done that. You put your feet up on a stool. That's how you're supposed to do Man, it. I can't so do the squatty get, potty. I can't do the squatty potty. It's new. too uncomfortable. But they won't get numb while you're browsing <laughs> the internet and looking at Facebook and, and Instagram. Well, my butt's too bony. It starts to hurt. <laughs> and so making that transition from two parents and you have somebody there to kind of tag team with and if the kids are getting unruly you can take that quick like 10-15 minute break you can run to the store yeah like just getting used to hey man before I pick up the kids from school or whatever's going to happen I got to get to the grocery I've got to run all my errands because I certainly don't want to have to run it with them because we all know that's an absolute debacle mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so <clears throat> you know Making that transition mm -hmm. for me was huge, and you know I held myself to a really high standard, and I had to be on, engaged, 100% at all times, and it's just exhausting. And so you've got to find a way to find a balance. And so the first thing is, you know, give yourself some grace that, you know, whatever your time arrangement is, you don't have to be 100% on the entire time. You know, if there's something that's going to happen on one of your weekends, mm -hmm. it's okay to get a babysitter. You know, if, you know, you've got some other obligations, you know, that you've got to do after work, whether it's social or some kind of professional networking event, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, not feeling guilty and getting parents if they're close by. I mean, I know that your parents are close by, my parents are close by. I, I would, I would, I don't know how the hell I would survive mm -hmm. if my mom uh, wasn't super close. Dad too, but definitely mom. She's retired. She has the flexibility and mm -hmm. she's been an absolute lifesaver. Um, it's hard to do that because 
you've went from while you know when you were married and you had help you've went from seeing your kids all 24 7 to not seeing them that much yeah and if you have young kids um like i do and you do they yeah. grow so quickly let's just throw it out there your kids are seven and two seven and a half and three when did you turn three well he'll be turning four in two weeks <laughs> man i'm a terrible friend <laughs> <laughs> yep and <laughs> My kids are seven and four. My daughter's going to be five in January. So you feel, you might, as I'm going to generalize, you might feel like I need every moment, right? Oh, that was 100% me. If I, if I missed one second, I felt Mm -hmm. awful and I'm a bad dad and I'm beating myself up Mm -hmm. and it took, God, six months Mm -hmm. before I got to the point to where I was okay you know, going and doing something during kid time mm-hmm. um, and getting somebody else to help me with the kids. Yeah. So kind of however you come to that moment or point when you're able to feel comfortable with realizing that you don't have to spend every single moment that they're with you. Um, and, you know, that that's fine. If you choose to do that, that's great. But I think that understanding, having that understanding and not, you know, not really overthinking it. Um, the main thing I would think your kids would want is just for you to be present and to be there with them and to have have that time with you. And if you're worried about how much time I got to spend or if you're stressed out, like, well, what am I going to do with them and all of that, that takes away from the time with with the kids. Yep. They, they, they will probably, especially if they're younger kids, they might just be happy sitting with you, you know, having dinner or sitting with you on the porch, you know, it's the little things that they will remember and enjoy, or as opposed to you trying to figure out, okay, what I got to plan or, you know, one thing I would suggest too is, um, don't compete with your, with the other, with your spouse or your ex-spouse, Yep. you know, that's, that's easy to do. You want to say, well, what did you do when you were with your mom or with your other parent? What were you doing? And it's like, okay, well, I I need to top that. I need to, because I want to be the, the fun parent. I want to yep. be the one that's doing the great things. But that's not about the kids, right? That's about yep. you. So you kind of have to check that um, and realize that that's kind of not the healthiest way to do, even though, especially if you've come out of this huge battle, it's like, now I'm going to really stick it, yep. stick it to the other parent because I want to do all this and this and this and get the kids this, this, and this, and on all of that. So um, just that in mind, I guess kind of one of the first things is kind of, well, you know, what do you do? Like, what, what, what do you do? Like, when you found yourself now with this time, you have equal time with your children like I do, which usually means several days in a row, every other weekend, however that might be. Yeah, trying to fill a weekend can yeah. be a huge challenge. So what was kind of your process to kind of, I'm sure it was maybe trial and error. I don't want to speak for you, but what was kind of your process to kind of figure out what so to do with your children? The first, the first, I don't know, six months, um, every single minute I had some awesome activity. <laughs> like I was spending three or four hours a week, like Googling things, trying to find stuff to do and spending a damn fortune to go do it. Mm-hmm. And what kind of stuff were you doing? I mean, you know, we were going to like arcades and play places. We were going to museums. We were going and, but it wasn't like, Hey, 
we'll go do some fun activity like once a weekend. Mm-hmm. We were doing it every day after school. <laughs> and we were doing two or three on Saturday and two or three on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it just got to be too much. And it's just running around. And what the kids really want is just time with you. Yeah. And so, you know, it took me a while to kind of settle down. Um, but some things that, you know, have been real winners are science experiments. Mm-hmm. My kids absolutely love doing science experiments, especially if it blows up fizzles or moves uh-huh. you know uh elephant toothpaste is ton of ton you know what i'm talking about no so it's kind of like the old school volcano uh okay you know like baking soda and yeah. vinegar uh-huh. same thing but it creates this foam that will actually stack up um several feet in the air huh. and just google it and you can get the recipe for it it's not hard but it actually uses toothpaste okay and so it's like a, a volcano but it actually explodes up and um, I just started Googling fun science experiments and for $10, you know, you can go get all kinds of supplies to do these at home science experiments, balloons, uh-huh. actually one. And this was actually one that I did before I was divorced that we've done several times that the kids absolutely love mm-hmm. is you get some rubber bands and some popsicle sticks and some marshmallows. Okay. And then you build like a, not a trebuchet, but a, some kind of launcher, whatever you want to make. I may have made a trebuchet and I may have gone a little overboard and like gone super deep on it and like the kids had ignored me but i was going to build that damn trebuchet to throw that marshmallow across the damn living room Uh. (laughs) but the marshmallow launcher and so just anything that gets them engaged Mm -hmm. um my daughter loves to color Mm. and you know i won't color her sheet and she won't color my sheet but we will literally sit at the kitchen table for hours Mm. coloring she absolutely loves it and just it's time together okay um you know we go out in the backyard and play a bunch. So at my marital home, I had built a ridiculous over-the-top uh, treehouse. It was over 900 square feet across two stories, had a slide. like Had a, had a Zillow listing. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was bigger than a lot of New York City apartments. <laughs> yeah, and like when I moved uh, to the new house after the divorce, I built another treehouse. Um, I don't know. I had a my I had a treehouse when I was a kid, and one of my buddies growing up had a treehouse, and we just spent all kinds of time in there. And I just wanted my kids to have an awesome treehouse, and mm-hmm. so, you know, we got swings and a treehouse in the backyard, and we'll go out there and play. You mm-hmm. know, we'll go watch a, a cartoon, take an iPad out there, and go sit in the treehouse and watch a cartoon. That's nice. You know, I find that getting them outside, you know, even if it's not in a treehouse, mm-hmm. just sitting outside, um, talking, eating just watch a show outside or do some art. Mm-hmm. Um, hell just, uh, my son, I got, my mom got him a metal detector for Christmas mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. And the thing's terrible. I mean, you, you're never actually going to find anything, but I'll go plant a bunch of metal stuff oh, in the yard. Cool. Yeah. Um, and we'll go around and just dig it up, whatever, just as long as you're engaged and paying attention to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're having a good time. And so that's the stuff in the house. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, on the weekends when you've got to fill from, you know, my kids are usually up at like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning yeah. and they don't go to bed till seven thirty, eight o'clock, sometimes nine o'clock on weekends. Uh-huh. I mean, you got 12, 13, 14 hours to fill. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the key things for me is getting out of the house and going and doing something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know you and I, uh, will take our kids to the park. Mm-hmm. Um, that's tons of fun. Yeah. You know, maybe one of those special things, um, like the indoor amusement park or the arcade or bowling or something. Mm-hmm. 
Although bowling didn't go very well. Uh, well, now I guess it's going to be getting cold for winter, so probably more time on the indoor stuff, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my daughter loves to go ice skating, but my son absolutely despises it. I don't blame him. It's great. Mm-mm. Oh, it's tons of fun. People were not meant to be skating around on ice. <laughs> yes, on, they on, were. On knives. Uh, yes, they were. It's fine. <laughs> um, but finding that thing to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll even, um, you know, I've got a membership to the YMCA and they've got an indoor warm pool. Mm-hmm. Um we'll just go play in the pool for half an hour. Just something to get out of the house because, you know, you spend 20, 30 minutes getting ready. Mm-hmm. You got a 10, 15 minute drive. You're at the activity for a half hour, hour, and then have 15, 20 minutes to get back. So you're going to spend two hours by the time you get ready to leave, get there, do it and get back. Mm-hmm. And it just breaks up the day. And then I don't know, they always like to go back to the rooms after, you know, we leave the house for a little bit and they kind of chill out and play by themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your what are your secret activities? Gosh, I don't really know if I have any secrets. I was like just like you. I mean, at first it was just planning a bunch of stuff. Just constantly yep. going to museums, going to, you know, zoos and just trying to do anything I could. And we would even take trips like to like Tennessee or Atlanta, you know, just short places. Yeah. Um because I was trying to fill those days, especially on the weekends. Yeah, and fill taking that, fill that time taking a trip solo with two kids is not easy. Even even if it's like an hour car ride, is still it's, a it's, monumental. It's effort. a lot of work. Um, so yeah, but then I kind of slowed down a little bit because I realized that at the end of at the end of the weekend, we will have done all these great things. And I remember, I think I was dropping my oldest son off one morning, and I was like, "What was your best part of the weekend?" And he was like, "Um." Well, I had the. I think it was probably the the French toast sticks and eggs for breakfast. Yep. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, but what about <laughs> this and this and this and like the hundreds of dollars that I spent? And that's when I realized it was the it was the the time <sighs> that was what's important. And so now we do kind of what you know we do the park. Um, my my oldest son is in, and my youngest son they're involved in some extracurricular activities. And those are very helpful. My my oldest son plays soccer. My my youngest son does. Um, it's like a urban. It's like a ninja warrior kind of um, development uh, course, and um, they do that every weekend, and that's very helpful. Um, and yeah, we just hang out with family. Usually every Sunday on my weekends is the days that we go out of town to my my parents' home and. You know, we'll we'll usually start off, we'll go to church with my parents and then we'll have dinner with them and they get to run around and play with all my old toys because I took very good care of all of my toys, I have to say. <laughs> all of my Ninja Turtles and everything are still in impeccable shape. Wow. Yeah, and so they will they will play with um, my old toys and it's kind of fun because I, I'll get down in the floor too and be like, oh, I didn't know I had, you know, this and that and... Rocksteady, Bebop, Splinter. Oh, all of them. All I, of them. I had Krang. Krang I Who's had your favorite? Drum. I Who's had, your favorite turtle? I did not have a favorite turtle. What? Shredder was my favorite. I love the a twisted villains. Indi- you're a twisted individual. Love the villains. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Michelangelo, uh, Nunchucks, by far the best. Everybody, yeah, likes Michelangelo. I think probably Leonardo if I had to pick, but um, I love the, I love Shredder. So yeah, so that was kind of what I found myself doing with my children was as time went on, just kind of doing the, the easy things, um, the things that don't cost as much. 
Yeah. Hey, but, one thing that you reminded me of, my kids absolutely love cooking with me. Oh, okay. Absolutely love it. And I got them little aprons <laughs> off of Amazon for like $5. And I was like, go get your aprons. Uh-huh. They'll go get their aprons. And so every every Saturday morning, we always go get donuts first thing in the morning at this awesome donut place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sunday mornings, they either make pancakes or waffles. Okay. And I'll let them help me. And it makes an unholy mess when they help. Mm-hmm. And in no way does it speed it up. But it's it's so much fun. And they enjoy the daylights out of it. Yeah. And so getting them engaged in the things that you're doing mm-hmm. um, has been super beneficial for me. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great idea. Um, and then also connecting with other people and reaching out and... You know, the, the few times that our kids have hung out together, it's been nice. Um, but we're going to be back on matching kids' <laughs> schedules in like two weeks. Yeah. So our kids can actually hang out again. That'll, that'll be nice. Um, so th- those kind of things are, are helpful as well. One thing that I know that a lot of um, myself and I'm sure a lot of people that are find themselves single kind of struggle with, and we kind of briefly touched on earlier, is babysitting, right? Like what? Right. How how does that work? Um, because coming out of a marriage, um, now you're by yourself. Uh, how can I say this diplomatically? <laughs> there, <laughs> when depending on your situation and your stage um, and what your kids are, there can be tempt. You can be tempted to kind of maybe get a babysitter for some wrong reasons if you get what i'm saying uh, maybe no no you gotta maybe no, someone uh-uh. that's 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 young and easy on the eye and someone that you might you know whatever but um how how has that journey been how has that went for you trying to figure out what kind of babysitter to get and and if you even wanted one so i definitely want one it's an absolute nightmare to find one. And I've actually had a business idea around this yeah. of doing a, an app like care.com, but doesn't suck for babysitters. And there's actually... Does care.com suck? Uh, in my experience, it hasn't been very fruitful. What What's wrong with it? Uh, you don't find anybody that's a good fit and mm-hmm. they send you... You get like hundreds of responses. You have to sit there and fight through them. And so... When I was married, we actually found a babysitter through a, a service. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, my God, it was like $20, $22 an hour because the babysitter's rate was like 15 or 17 bucks an hour. And then we had to pay $5 an hour on top of that to the service. Mm-hmm. And you had to sign this contract. And so it was just super prohibitively expensive. Okay. Um, but f- connecting caregivers with um people who want care for their children mm-hmm. uh, would be an awesome service. And so I had a, <clears throat> a, a scheme for a business idea a couple of years ago. Maybe when I have some time, I'll go execute on this, but mm-hmm. basically um, get, you know, 20 or 30 caregivers um, and they're all vetted. You check them out. Um, and then you just get on the app and say, Hey, I need somebody for this time. And then you know that somebody who's good is going to show up to your house. Mm-hmm. But the problem was a lot of parents weren't okay with having somebody they'd never met before show up mm-hmm. or especially like transport their kids. Right. And also there's all kinds of employment issues. Um, but it's a problem. It's pain in the butt. So I lost my babysitter in the divorce because she was team ex-wife. <laughs> um, 
You had the same problem, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she just didn't want anything to do with either of us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. she was like, we're, we're, I'm done. Yeah, I'm not getting in the middle of this. Yeah. And I'm sure that happens a lot. And so I've looked for babysitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm very fortunate that I have the flexibility um, where, you know, on weekdays, you know, I don't have to have a babysitter pick the kids up for after school or have an after school program. I get to go pick the kids up, yeah. you know, at three o'clock whenever they get out of school. after school programs can get expensive. Yeah. Um, but I need to find someone and I haven't had any success. I've just relied on my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm so, so thankful that she's available. Um, you know, I've, I've had a couple of career opportunities come along that would require me to work like 60, 70 hours a week. And I've turned them down because of the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to give up that time, especially when my kids are so young, mm-hmm. but there's a website called cultural au pair. Okay. And so it's a, it's a website and it connects you with foreign exchange students that want to come to the U S mm-hmm. and so you give them free room and board and a small salary, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week. This is a TLC show. Uh, it, it could be. It could be. <laughs> What's well, called cultural au pair? Au pair. Au pair. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I feel it. like that's like a sh- reality show or something, but maybe I'm wrong. Could be. So normally, like a live-in nanny is super expensive, but because you're giving them room and board, mm-hmm. um, it's very, very uh, cost-effective. <clears throat> and, you know, my house isn't big enough right now. And mm-hmm. But if I was going to make that decision to really, you know, chase a career that was going to be time-consuming... Mm-hmm. You know, I would think long and hard about getting uh, a live-in to assist. Mm. Um, and even, you know, while the kids are with the ex on her time, you know, they could help out with the after-school time there. So that way the kids, you know, have a semblance of routine and they're, you know, doing the same thing every day instead of getting bounced around. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, you know, I've just relied on mom yeah. uh, and my f- own flexibility, but... Man, I really need to find a babysitter because I just feel guilty calling mom. It's hard. You know, one, two, three times a week. It's hard to do, right? And if you have family, like I'm lucky enough to have my family. I have cousins, many cousins here in town. And then I have my parents that live close by in a neighboring uh, city. Um, and yeah, you know, I think that we might feel guilty, but, you know, they're, they're going to cherish that time as well. So I think if you do have family and you trust them and want them to be around, that's great. If you find yourself in a situation where you don't have that and you have to rely on someone you don't know, I think some good suggestions would be um, maybe if your child is at a daycare or at a preschool, you know, and they have a good rapport with that staff, maybe reaching out to that staff and saying, you know, hey, are you looking for some after hour work or would you recommend someone that that could always be a good lead um if you if you are in a college town um you might have a lot more opportunities one thing i've had heard um is that if you have a if you're at a college town maybe a lot of times there are sororities that kind of do um, nanny services that you can kind of get on listservs for. So maybe that's something to look into. If you're, if you, um, if your college has that in the town that you're in has an, like an early education or childhood education program, that could be a great source for like majors that are in that, that might yeah. be looking for some, some work. Um, 
then of just of course good old word of mouth, just talking to yeah people at the school and 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 friends that you know that have kids and who 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 do you know um, that might be might be someone that could be a good fit. And then I think once you've once you've kind of made that connection, I think you know you need to you need to meet them, you need to talk to them. Um, so have you found anybody? How, I have not. No, I have not. I'm like I'm like you. I'm lucky enough to have family around that have been very helpful for me. But you know, I'm like you. At some point, I I, I do want to find someone that's going to be able to watch the kids. Like if I want to go to a football game or, you know, whatever that might be, or if I have to fly out for work somewhere and I, I have to get, I get, you know, I can't always schedule my, my out of town trips on days when I don't have my kids. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, um, it's going to have to happen, but those are kind of the places that I'm thinking about looking. Um, and I am looking, um, so I can have someone in place, you know, when, when that, when that day does come, um, I, and I, I would say again, we kind of touched on it early on, you know, at some point you kind of have to re- remove yourself of any type of guilt or feelings that you might have. I still feel it. Yeah. You can feel it. I mean, that's, that's human, but I think, you know, you kind of have to release that a little bit and understand that if you have to for like for work or whatever it might be, you just, you just have to. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And so it sounds like, and childcare is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And if somebody could solve that challenge, <laughs> it'd be a hell of a business. There's mm-hmm. actually a, there's actually a service in um, Atlanta. Um, it's app based, but it's an agency and you know, they've got, several hundred caregivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you contact the service through the app, say, I've got, these are my kids. These are the ages. These are the things I'm looking for. Do I want CPR or whatever I want? Mm-hmm. And then the service will then send five of them out to you to interview. And then they put those five on your roster. Mm-hmm. And then anytime you need um, childcare, you know, you just go on the app, hit, Hey, I need, Childcare, and then it sends a message to those five that you've already interviewed, mm-hmm. and you know they can just respond in the app, and then the first one to respond gets it. And so that kind of works, but yeah, it's there's still a lot of legality uh, right. things to work out in that. But I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I think that'll 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 be fun. We can we can spotlight it here on the show. So we we've talked about kind of activities, babysitting. What we haven't about- talked about. Go ahead. What about like when you have the kids and you're not trying to do activities, if you, if you find yourself in a situation where, you know, when you were married, you were involved, but you might have been working a lot or might have not been there for all the ins and out and the nuances of everything, the day to day that the kids would do. And now you find yourself being the only one. Right. Right. And so now, um, what you know kind of talk to me a little bit about kind of your day to day and maybe the kind of importance of like routine especially when it comes with small kids um because it sounds like you have a really good routine down especially with bedtimes and stuff yeah so kind of kind of talk kind of tell us a little bit about what you do in that way to maybe kind of help some of us out that might not that might find ourselves like okay what what do I do for this the day to day now that I have these kids? Uh, so 
for me, it's getting them up at the same time and putting them to bed at the same time, mm-hmm. no matter what. And I've been very fortunate that, you know, my ex and I work really well on this and we've agreed, you know, our kids get up at like six fifteen, six thirty on school days mm-hmm. and then around seven on weekends and they go to bed. We start the bedtime routine at seven thirty and we get them in bed by eight on mm-hmm. school nights and a little bit later on weekends, but still just try and keep them on that schedule. Um what is the routine? What do you mean? The bedtime routine. Ah. So we eat dinner, you know, five thirty, six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a rule, no iPads after dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, they can they can watch their iPad um, when they get home from school mm-hmm. and during the day on weekends. Um, but I try and limit it because they just turn into iPad monsters. <laughs> I don't know. Like literally after they've been in an iPad for half an hour, mm-hmm. they're just grumpy and mean and fighting. It's awful. So iPads go off and then we're going to do something together. Like... Uh, Two nights ago, we played um, Shoots and Ladders and Connect Four. Okay. You know, I've got a ton of board games, mm-hmm. um, and they actually really like it. Uh, Candyland, Shoots and Ladders, Connect Four. <clears throat> um, I've never played Candyland. Oh, In my man. life. <laughs> it's so much fun. Well, so the trick to Candyland. <laughs> I don't even know how to play. So there, there are certain cards. Uh, you know, there's color cards that you determine what spot you go to yeah but then there's also um you're really ha- you're getting all excited about oh this. dude <laughs> candy land is serious stuff and then there's face cards or like uh cartoon cards uh-huh. um that allow you to either jump forward or jump back and so the uh the ice cream cone is the the best spot on the board that puts you right next to the finish okay. and so i'll palm it and put it at the bottom of the deck and so if i'm gonna win Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I will win every now and then, <laughs> but if I'm going to win like two or three times in a row, or, you know, if my son won last time and my daughter, uh, hasn't won, mm-hmm. I'll pull that, uh, ice cream cone out, um, give it to her. So she gets the lead and she gets to win just so everybody's happy. Yeah. And I realize that that is not, you know, necessarily the right thing to do because we all lose in life. Mm-hmm. We lose more than we win and we need to get used to losing. But, um, you know, we'll do something fun. That sounds fun. Um, and then, you know, hang out for a little bit. And then around 7 o'clock, 7.15, um, lately it's been one, maybe two episodes of Bluey. Oh, my kids love Bluey. Dude, Bluey, it, it's I the best. I think they have a new season coming out. Yeah, season three's coming out. I mm-hmm. can't wait because <laughs> I've watched season one and season two at least 100 yeah, times. I can, I can recite all the episodes probably. We actually listened to the theme song in the car on the way to school this week. Um, I love Bluey because the dad is engaged Mm -hmm. and he's not just a fat buffoon. (laughs) Like all the other cartoons, the dad is always portrayed as an idiot. Like the dad. Not around, yeah. Or just not there. Mm -hmm. The dad and Peppa Pig, I mean, he's a complete moron. And I just I love the role that the dad plays in Bluey, and it's fun. And also, I didn't know Bluey was a girl. I yep. thought Bluey was a boy and Bingo was a girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't find out that they were both girls until, I don't know, we've probably been watching it six months. Oh, wow, that long? <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're also super short episodes, so we'll watch mm-hmm. an episode or two of Bluey or yeah. some other cartoon, and we hop on the couch, we get under a blanket, we snuggle, we hang out, and it's time to decompress. Mm-hmm. Then it's... Uh, time to brush teeth and there's always a fight about who went first last time. (laughs) Then they go brush teeth and then I always put my daughter down first. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just her preference. 
And so I take her to her room, sing her a song, uh, put her in bed, give her a hug. And then we have, I don't know, five minutes of just, hey, how was your day? Mm-hmm. You know, did you have fun? Are you happy? How do you feel? Just kind of a, a one-on-one opportunity, mm-hmm. like for them to tell me what's going on in the world. Yeah. And then I always ask them, so what are you looking forward to tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Which is also a great segue into all right, well, we got to make sure we get to sleep so we can go do that fun thing that you want to go do tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. <clears throat> get my daughter to sleep, and then I go do the same thing with my son, although he's gotten almost too big to hold. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, but it's it's not an easy task. Mm-hmm. And so he's he doesn't want me to sing to him anymore, and that, that, that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. But I still sing to him every now and then. Okay. And then we have that chat, get them to bed, um, and then I'll go hang out in the living room for like 15 minutes just to make sure we've actually had success because uh-huh, yeah. i mean you know yeah. i'm thirsty i need a tissue i'm missing this stuffy yeah. i'm this need a, that need or a the drink other of water yeah and then in the morning you know i go in give them a hug and a kiss let them know they've got a five minute warning and i'll turn on the hall light and open their bedroom door so the light shines in let them wake up slowly and i'll go make their breakfast then yeah, i sing go to them in the morning huh <laughs> No, they're not in the mood. They're usually grumpy little monsters. (laughs) Then after after I get breakfast made or while breakfast is cooking, whatever I'm having that morning, I'll go back, get them dressed. I always get them dressed the second they get up instead of letting them eat because then you have to like fight them at the end because they're watching TV or iPad or something. Mm -hmm. Always get them dressed as soon as I get them up. Get them breakfast, um, let them hang out for a little bit, pack their lunches. Um, I try and eat breakfast with them. If I get up early enough, I'll pack their lunch before I wake them up. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't always happen because, you know, especially when it's snack day at my daughter's school. So once like every two weeks, you have to bring snack. Mm. So I got to make snack for like 10 kids, mm. two lunches, and make breakfast for both the kids. I mean, it's an hour, hour and 15 minutes yeah, that's a lot. of kitchen and BS. Mm-hmm. Um and then once, you know, they've eaten breakfast, we're ready to go, get out the door and start the hour and 15 minute circle around town. Because mm-hmm. I usually leave my house at 7.15, get my son to school at 7.30, 7.35. Then it takes a half an hour to get downtown because of traffic. And it's only like seven miles. Mm-hmm. Drop my daughter off. Then by the time I get all the way back to my house, it's at least an hour, hour and 15 minutes before I'm sitting at my desk. Mm-hmm. It's... Oh, I can't wait until she finishes uh, Montessori school and starts kindergarten next year, and they'll both be at the same, same school, point. like five minutes from my house. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So how's your how's your routine differ? Well, I I, I don't have the the vocal acumen to to serenade my children like you do, but um, <laughs> you would if you loved them more. <laughs> I, I do love them. That's why I don't sing to them. Yeah. I um, know. So, <laughs> um. We typically, our, our weekly routine is usually baths after, so Monday nights are crazy because right now my son has soccer and his soccer practice isn't until six, so that means we don't get home until like 7.30, so we have late dinner. But then on Tuesdays, what we typically do is we have um, picnic and that basically just means I just move the ottoman and push the couch back and put a blanket on the floor. Oh, that's cool. And we we eat in the in the living room. 
And so we do that every Tuesday. That's our picnic. That's fun. <laughs> and so then um, after dinner, we'll do baths. Um, they will argue back and forth on who goes first. Always. Yeah. And so um, they'll do baths. And sometimes one of them wants to go first and mm-hmm. is super excited. And then they both want to go first. And then it's, no, they both want to go second. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, they're going to argue no matter what. Well, what? So then um, usually my youngest son wants to take a toy in the bath. So. Our Spider-Man and Batman are so clean. Uh, oh, I actually have a pile. I've got two sinks in my uh, master, uh-huh. and there's Barbies and unicorns and my little ponies. Mm-hmm. And so they get soaking wet, and I just take them, and I put them in the other sink, and they just live there. That's where yeah, they live. That's where they live. So, yeah. So, um, you know, obviously routine is important, so we try to keep this routine. We try. I usually try to start this around... Uh, 7.30, sometimes it's more like 8, especially on Mondays. So once they have, once one has had the bath, then they can go um, downstairs. And if it's if it's my oldest, it's my youngest, he'll either want to watch Blimpy or um, Baby Shark. Uh, they're, they're clips on Roku TV. Uh, really? TV. They have not, a, YouTube, not YouTube? They have, sometimes they're on YouTube Kids, but... So the Roku TV is in the is in the playroom, so they can go right in the playroom and sat in the floor and watch that. Or my oldest will watch like I don't know Avenger toy clips or yeah. one of those like Ninja Family or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like five or ten minute clips. And so then once that's done, then it's bedtime. Uh, my oldest goes to bed. We say prayer. He, um, I don't read him a story anymore. Um, he just kind of is like. Um, Seven going on 15. I'm going to go to sleep. Man, I've got to do I'm better out. about reading to my kids. <laughs> I've been out of practice, and my son's doing great. He's mm-hmm. reading, I mean, better than I was in like fourth or fifth grade. He's fine. But my daughter, like, I've got to start incorporating reading into that bedtime routine. I used to do it when they were real little. Yeah. But then it kind of stopped, and I've got to get back into it. Yeah, my, my youngest, he has a dresser next to his table, and it's next to his bed, and it's full of books, and he just picks I've read every Bernstein Bear, every Pete the Cat, mm-hmm. every, and so we'll read Lego Men. So we'll we'll read a book, um, and then I'll I'll put him to bed. One thing that I'm going to start doing with my oldest son that my parents did with me was when I started reading, I would not want to go to bed like most kids. So my parents would say, "Okay, you're going to go to bed, but here's what you can do: for 20 minutes, you can." read a book in the bed um, or you can just go straight to sleep. And so that was great for me. And I actually still to this day read before I go to bed. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, so I you're not th- scrolling your phone. No, no. It's just what a responsible adult. It's if you see my bed, there's a book right on my bedside table. I mean, I, it's oh, there's a, a book on my bedside table. I'm just never responsible <laughs> enough to read it. So, that's something I'm going to start doing with my oldest is, you know, cause they always, oh, I'm not ready for bed. Well, you can go in your room, you can read for 20 minutes. And then after that, you know, you got to turn off the lights yeah. and go to bed. So that's, that's pretty much their routine. And then like you, I will kind of hang around. Um, cause my kids rooms are upstairs and mine's downstairs, but I'll hang around upstairs in the, in the other room for about 15 minutes just to make sure everything is settled and there's no getting up or anything like that. Um, and that, that's usually about it. And then, you know, we usually get, I usually, um, ha- have made their lunches and well, uh, my oldest doesn't, he gets lunch at school. So I, 
um, well, they both do. What am I talking about? I've usually like planned out what breakfast is going to be so that I can just kind of, I get up early anyway. I just, I just have always been an early riser and I can get breakfast ready. Then I go get them. They get up. Um, I've laid their clothes out. Um, and so I'll tell them to go to the bathroom. Come back. You lay them out the night before you get them that morning. I lay them out the night before. Man, you are on top of it. Yeah, because I got to make sure they, they got to look good. They got to match. Uh, so um, it helps because my oldest is in private school. But say Christian so just wears uniforms. the same thing every day. Yeah. But um, so I'm working on my youngest to do this. But my oldest, I'm like, okay, get up. There's your clothes. I've laid them out. So you can put them on, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, and then we'll come, we'll come downstairs. And uh, I'm trying to get my youngest to do that. He's kind of able to, to put clothes on um but he still you know needs a little help and then i will i'll do their hair um because uh, i just want to make sure it's done right so i will i will <laughs> be so there. glad you don't have a little girl because yeah, i don't know what that oh the hair struggles like. i mean <laughs> i can't tell you how many times i've braided and rebraided and rebraided hair because it wasn't tight or the the ponytail wasn't in the right spot and uh, the the amount of hair skill and knowledge I've learned, and plus she's in ballet, and so you have to show up with a perfect ballet bun. Oh, wow. And so I had to order these uh, bun makers off of Amazon with these special bobby pins that are a mile long, and mm-hmm. like so I don't get judged by all the other ballet moms. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That you're speaking another language because I don't know anything. You're about lucky. That. You're lucky. Um, so yeah, so I, I think all of that. The reason why we've went through all of this, uh, I think, is to kind of talk about routine because routine is important. I think all the studies and everyone will tell you how important it is, especially for oh, young my, kids. Well, my kids are routine. not in the routine. Yeah. They turn into little monsters, mm-hmm. especially when their sleep gets out of whack. If they stay up like 4th of July, we stayed out till like mm-hmm. 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And oh, my God, they were just unbelievably difficult the next morning. Yeah. And they probably didn't sleep in, did they? <clears throat> no, we had school the next day. Yeah, because then usually that's what happens uh, if they stay up late. It's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll sleep in. Nope, they're, no, they're, they're up. They're going to get just right. One thing on books, mm-hmm. uh, I had a book recommended to me. It's called Charlie Anderson by Barbara Ambercrombie. Um, and it talks about divorce. Mm-hmm. And so I wish this is something I had known, you know, when the split first happened. It was probably a year after the split before I got this book and read it to the kids. But basically, there's this family, and Charlie Anderson uh, is the cat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a stray, comes up, and he shows up at night, or he shows up during the day. Uh, or He's there during the night, but he disappears during the day. And then they come to find out that Charlie actually lives with another family on the other side of the woods. Mm. Um, and you know, Charlie has two homes and two families that love him, just like the little girl in the story lives with her mom, uh, Mm -hmm. where Charlie comes to visit. And then on the weekends goes to her dad's house in the city. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it, it opened up that conversation and they got to see that Charlie, you know, gets to have two houses, two families that love them, and it kind of normalizes it, and it gives them a way to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I found it super, super helpful. And so, yeah, if you know you're still early on in the divorce, or even if you're, you know, on down the road, uh, Charlie Anderson by Barbara Abercrombie, ten out of ten recommended. Charlie Anderson, yeah, I'll have to check that out because I think that, you know, one 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 thing that is important when you're dealing with 
how to how to handle your children. You know, we've talked about activities, the importance of routine, babysitting. But I think one thing that's very probably one of the most important things is how do you talk to your kids? You know, how do you communicate with your kids about what's going on? Um, what uh, I think, you know, how you refer to the other parent, I think, is very critical. Yeah. Um, so kind of talk kind of tell us a little bit about what you did and in, in those regards how, how did you talk to your kids did you talk to your kids about what was going on and uh, do you talk to your kids about the other parent kind of talk talk yeah. to us a little bit about that so um you know first thing is you know and you kind of mentioned this earlier never use your child as a go-between to mm-hmm. ask about what's going on with the ex or mm-hmm. if you've got a question about school you know, text or call the ex. Don't ask the kids to give a message. Just don't put them in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, second is right after my separation, I went out and found a bunch of peers that are super high functioning, successful adults that were children of divorce mm-hmm. and just said, you know, took them to lunch, bought them coffee, said, you know, tell me about your childhood. What did your parents do right? What did your parents do wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest things was, you know, don't let the kids know about anything that's going on negative between the parents. Like don't fight Mm -hmm. in front of them. Don't say, and especially don't say negative things about the parent. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the people I spoke with still to this day holds a grudge, uh, against his mom Mm. who was the primary caretaker. Like dad moved six states away and only saw him for two weeks at Christmas and a month during the summer. Like had a super close relationship with mom and when he was, you know, 16 or 17, mom said something derogatory about dad. Mm-hmm. And he just saw it as a reflection of him. Mm. Um, I mean, and they had been divorced a decade at that point. Oh, wow. And, you know, that still stuck with him. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what, never say anything negative about the ex because, you know, your child is 50% your ex. Mm-hmm. And so if you say something negative about them, they're going to, you know, possibly see it as a negative take on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there were tons of ins and outs on step siblings, step parents, dating. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, for this conversation, just always speak about the ex in a positive light. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I always make sure to do is I refer to us as a family. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we live in separate houses, you know, I say, you know, even though mommy and daddy don't live together, we're still a family Mm -hmm. and mommy and daddy still love you more than anything in the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of reinforcing that, you know, even though things have changed, the amount of love hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's been super important. And then another thing is this book, um, actually was recommended to me by a therapist, Mm -hmm. the Danish way of, uh, parenting and oh my God, like I wish I had had it before the divorce. Like, it's not about divorce. It's just about, you know, parenting and family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a couple of the key takeaways are let your kids play, you know, everything doesn't have to be structured kind of like what you and I were doing for the first six months <laughs> after the divorce, trying to like yeah. be super dad and over the top and doing everything all the time. Yeah. You know, letting kids play and maybe do some, kind of dangerous things carefully is super important mm-hmm. because if you're always there telling them what to do, they don't learn if they don't experiment, you know, they don't make mistakes and they need to learn how to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one, um, another takeaway is be honest. So 
you know, my kids have frequently asked me, you know, will you and mommy ever live together again? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, maybe, I don't know, you know, you need to be truthful with them, yeah. you know, and say, you know, mommy and daddy aren't going to live together anymore, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't want to give them false hope All right? because then they're going to get their hopes up. And when they ask you a question, especially something difficult, mm-hmm. you know, you need to make it age appropriate, but respond with the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to know the truth um, and they need to, you know, get used to, you know, life isn't always perfect. Mm-hmm. Wish it was. <laughs> Man, I wish it was. So being honest, um, number three in that book is togetherness. And I'm going to murder the pronunciation, but it's called Hygge or H-Y-G-G-E. Okay. It's a Danish phrase and basically it just means spending time together. Mm-hmm. So just being in the same room. Um, you don't even have to necessarily be doing something together, but, you know, coloring, playing board games, mm-hmm. just talking, you know, playing Beyblades with my son, playing dolls with my daughter, even though it is mind numbing <laughs> to play dolls with my daughter mm-hmm. because I still have no idea what's going on. I try and understand what's going on. I'm, I'm locked in. My mm-hmm. phone's in the other room. I'm paying attention, but I still, like, I don't know what's going on in her little head. But right. just the fact that I'm there and engaged. Mm-hmm. And so having that togetherness, and so kind of goes back to everything doesn't have to be over the top mm-hmm. uh, and act, a planned activity all the time. Just ask them what they want to do and just do it with them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, n- the last big takeaway is reframing negative things. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, this is a big one for my son because he gets super frustrated. He's a perfectionist, and if something doesn't go right the first time, mm-hmm. he gets really angry and wants to quit. Um, you know, swimming, for example. He wasn't doing as well as the kids in his class. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I said, well, if you didn't... Uh, if you weren't afraid to go under, then you wouldn't have a fear to get over. And if you didn't have a fear to get over, you wouldn't be able to be proud of yourself when you get over your fear. Or I didn't color in the lines. Well, that's a great opportunity to learn. So that way you'll know to take your time, go a little bit slower, and next time you'll do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so letting them play, always be honest with them, spend time with them, have that togetherness, that hygge, and uh, reframe the negative um, is been super beneficial and i don't know i i read the book maybe a year ago and the way i engage with them after reading this book changed and the way they responded and just their overall happiness and especially you know their willingness to try hard things and mm-hmm. keep going and yeah the, it works it works i highly highly recommend it okay i don't know what uh what has worked or not worked for you well i think kind of along the same lines as what you said you know, I try not, obviously I don't want to disparage the parent, um, in front of the, of front of the kids. Don't want to say anything negative. I mean, you can't control what the other parent is saying. And I mean, if, if they are, if the kids tell you they're saying negative things, even though that might suck, there's really nothing, you know, you need to do about that. You know, you, yep. you don't need to react. You don't need to then say, well, let me tell you about your mom and she did blah, 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 blah. Yeah because that's just going to scar them and hurt them. Um, you know, you don't want to alienate. It's actually a thing, parental alienation. You don't want to alienate another parent. So like for us, like when we set up our online profiles for like Disney plus or something, you know, I, I have a profile for mom on my 
thing yeah. cuz it just makes them feel like you said that we're still a family even though that we we don't live in the same home you know we will we still and will always be a family even though we're no longer you know married or living in the same home i think i think it's it's hard to do right it's it's very tempting to kind of fall into that trap of of trying to you know win win and have and put that negativity on the kids or even trying to coach the kids to be to, by saying negative things um to try to to try to bring harm to the other spouse uh, especially if you've come out of a contentious divorce but at the end of the day while that might make you temporarily feel like you've had a victory and you might feel a little bit better the damage to the child is going to be you know significant especially down the road yeah they're um, going to be very angry they're going to be down very the road angry and it's it's, it's going to cost you a lot in therapy to gonna, try and remedy yeah. it and it's so not, just don't do it yeah it's not worth it so you know we we don't really refer to the other spouse i mean i will ask you know something like if they if they bring up something that they did with their own oh that's great or oh that's nice you know or sometimes my one thing that my oldest son likes to do is talk about things that we did when we were still married same like remember when blah 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 and it's like oh yeah you know we'll we'll do that and sometimes i'll even pull out the pictures and we'll look at the pictures because they're all on my google photos from stuff or like if we you know like we'll go to somewhere like we went to gatlinburg and they're like you remember when we were at gatlinburg you know blah 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 Mm -hmm. mommy i was like yeah that was fun you know I don't go, yeah, and then guess what she did after, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Even though that would make me feel really good. Yep. <laughs> it's not going to help um, the children. So it's a, it's it's very difficult. Um, it's hard. But I think for the betterment of the children, you know, it, it's impossible to understand what they're going through. You know, I was not a child of divorce. Me either. So I don't, I can't empathize. So I don't know what, what they're feeling. So I think if, if we can just try to make it as can't even say seamless, but just to try to avoid any unnecessary negativity or any necessary, put any more burdens on them by, you know, alien doing parental alienation or, or coaching the other kids or to be negative towards their parents or whatever it might, the other spouse, whatever it might be. You just kind of have to let it go, and I know that's hard, especially so hard. if there's another, if if another, if the if your spouse has someone else that they brought around the children, yeah, you know that that can be problematic, and then you start getting upset, and you're like, oh, you know, how dare they, blah blah blah. One thing we had in our divorce decree was that no, our mommy and daddy is exclusively reserved for us. So really? yeah, no one, no other no person could be called mom. Can be called mom. I, you know, and no other person can be called dad. That's I kind of wish I'd put that in mind. Yeah, and that do you think about it? That's very important because I think you know that they know that 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 will be their parents. So no matter who's in there, and again, you can't control that. And heck, you might have somebody with you. You know, um, it's important to you know not fall into that trap of trying to one up or impugn negativity on the children because yep. at the, in the long run it's going to cause more, a lot more damage than it, than it does harm. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, cherish these moments because these moments will go by quickly <clears throat> and then, you know, you'll look back and the kids are going to be, 
you know, grown and looking down on you. Oh, so don't remind me. I think it's important to live in these moments as best you can. It's hard. It's very hard, especially if you've went through a rough separation or a rough divorce. But, you know, you really have to work on trying to make these these making the most of the time with your children and really trying to avoid these negative feelings and, and impugning negativity on them. You know, we've we've recommended you, this. I'm going to read this book. I haven't read this book. I'm actually you can you can keep it. OK, so keep this I'm copy. excited to read it. And I think when we when we post this, we can put links to the. Because the other book that you mentioned, Charlie Anderson, yeah, yeah, maybe we can put those in the in the in the box down below, so we can kind of, so you all can read those and and, and hey, uh, I got, resources. I've actually got a problem right now about how to talk to your kids. Uh, maybe you got some advice. So, much like you, I've got fifty fifty time sharing with my kids. I'm on a two two three schedule, um, and my kids have said recently that they don't like going back and forth. They're tired of switching houses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my son has mentioned this to my ex as well as to me separately. Mm -hmm. I said, well, would you like to just do a week on week off so you don't have to move during the week? He's like, well, I guess that would be better. But I just I don't want to move houses anymore. Mm -hmm. And my son didn't say this to me. And so I'm going to trust my ex that this was actually said. But my son told my um, wife or ex-wife that he just wanted to live with her um, and wanted her to tell me. Now, I take that with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. but man, let me tell you, that hurt. I bet, yeah. Because I try and be a good dad. I and really you don't try. It, and you don't know if it's true. <laughs> uh, I know, but still, you know, he's, I know he's tired of the mm-hmm. back and forth. And, you know, I, I get out of whack when I'm out of routine. I think it's 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 hard for obviously kids to have to adjust to change. Um, but I know one thing, when we were trying to determine the time sharing schedule, I sat with my attorney and we were like, we want to do week on week off. And she's like, well, at the time, my, my youngest, uh, he was it's like one and a half, two going on three. And she's like, that might be really hard for him because it's a lot of time, long time away. Um, and there were, and so we kind of were like, well, let's, I do a two, five, two, which I love. So we have five day, we have two days on, they have the other parent has two days and then we have five days straight, which incorporates the weekend. And that schedule has worked perfectly because it's kind of like just the amount of right of time. And it's an even split 50, 50, literally even split. Um, initially, you know, I remember my oldest, he didn't want to go back. You know, he wanted to stay with me. And, you know, I just said, you know, this is, I tried to make it a positive. You know, most kids only have one home, you know. Yep. You've got two great homes. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, I've tried you know? that reframe. You know, and you got double the toys. You got, you you got, got all of that. And and then also, <laughs> you know, at some point, I just had to kind of, we had to delicately talk and just say, this is, this is how it is. This yeah. is the way it's going to be. You know, we both love you very much. We want to have time with you. And this is, this is, this is how it's going to be. This is the new normal. And it might be, you know, and you might not enjoy it, but in time, you know, you're, you'll, you'll get used to it. Yeah. And it just, it just is what it is. I mean, as, as kids, 
when when we were growing up, I mean, I didn't, I certainly didn't get everything that I wanted. No, and uh, I don't think you did either. And I think while we are very hyper aware of making sure that the kids are are transitioning and and all of that, we also have to also be aware of the fact that the kids need to have um, both parents in their lives. Yeah, and they and they need to be a part of it. And furthermore. The, the court has stated such in said agreement. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think it'll pass, you know, in time once it's explained that this is just the way it is. And, you know, we're, we're just, this is just how it's going to be. And in time you'll, you'll, you'll probably learn to like it, but I don't, I don't think it's necessary for us for, to maybe jump at everything, everything like that, and then say, "Okay, let's see what we can do to change it." Because yeah, but you know, this is my my little boy who I love more than anything in the entire world, and I would do anything to make him happy and not feel pain. And oh, like, gosh. I just, God damn it, I want to fix it so bad. Well, I think the I think the fix is just to leave things alone because you need to understand that there's going to be things are going to be uncomfortable for a little while, or might be discomfort might cause discomfort or inconvenience but it just this is the way it is and it's just and in time they'll get used to it you know you you want to spend time with your kid um as well as as well as their mom and this is how we have this is how we do it this is this is this is how we are we are this is how our family works yeah and it this is what it is yeah and that's pretty much what i said but Mm -hmm. you know still still isn't fun when you see the sadness on his little face. Yeah, I think that um there's a lot of sadness on all our faces. Uh, right? yeah. They yeah. don't get to see the the sadness on our faces. But, you know, it's just it's a part of growing up and it's part of the transition and it's not going to be easy. Yep. And uh it's going to hurt, but I think if we're able to understand that it's not permanent, it's just it's 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 just temporary and they'll they'll learn to love it and at the end of the day, they will be grateful years later that they had that time with you than not. Yeah. All right. So we talked about a bunch tonight. Yeah. I think we've got uh, more than enough. Uh, any parting words, thoughts, cares, concerns? No. I think I, I think I put my pitch in at the end. Uh, we, we appreciate, <laughs> again, everyone tuning in and listening. Um Morgan, uh, tell us, tell the website again for us. Yep. So whether you're watching on um, YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, please go check out YouTube. Um, you can leave a comment uh, there. We read every single one of them and mm-hmm. appreciate them. Um, and then also you can check out the website, D-I-V-D-A-D-U-D-I-V-D-A-D-U-D-I-V-D-A-D-U-D-I-V-D-A-D-U-D-I-V-D-A-D-U-D-I-V-D-A-D-U-D-I-V-D-A-D-U-D-
but uh, go to the website, uh, leave a comment on YouTube. Be, sh- be sure to subscribe on YouTube and your yeah. favorite podcast platform so you can find out when the next episode uh, hits the airwaves. And we yeah. really appreciate you guys watching. Anthony, always a blast, my friend. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Right.